welcome back to the Eden Camp podcast. This is episode 11 and we're talking to a few volunteers that we have at the museum. Um, we have several volunteers, roughly around 25, um, working in various different areas of the museum, from the archive to the garden to the vehicle restorations and just general site volunteers who come and water the flowers and tidy up for us. Um, we couldn't run without them. They are essential to making the museum what it is today. Um, and we are so happy to have them around just because they want to be here. So we are chatting to a few today and first up we have Lee. She works in the Dig for Victory garden so when you walk around and see some lovely vegetables growing around and a very serious lack of rabbits, hopefully, uh, that's all down to Lee. So welcome. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining us today. Um, so firstly, I would like you to tell me a little bit about why you started volunteering here. During the first lockdown, I, I thought, well, retirement's looming and I didn't like sitting there doing nothing. And I thought, volunteer, what can I do? And it came on Facebook that they were wanting volunteers. And so I applied and they grabbed me by both hands and said yes do the garden because <laughs> Obviously you didn't have a choice then well I did put down that I like gardening okay. so <laughs> no, I didn't have a choice really uh, and that's that's how it came about really you're and quite green-fingered yeah. aren't you I am when there's no rabbits about yeah yeah bane yeah. of my life at the moment <laughs> arch enemies <laughs> yes yes so I know you're quite passionate about your gardening at home as well. I am what at home, yes. type of things have you got going on at home? Um, spaghetti squash, they're doing absolutely fantastic yes. this year. Courgettes, leeks, potatoes, uh, crikey, onions. And we've just put five and a half kilos of strawberries in the freezer. Oh, wow. Mm, best year yet for strawberries. A very full freezer. Yeah, I've made some jam. I've been having smoothies, been giving them away, <laughs> right, left and centre, and I'm still left with five and a half kilos. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot. We have two beds size of this table. Mm. And you do grow some of those in the Dig for Victory garden as well, don't you? Yes. Where strawberries, onions, um, quite a lot of different things, but unfortunately the rabbits got in and mm. nipped the tops and bye-bye. A lot of things. Carrots yeah. went, turnips went. Um, we've got some wire over some of them, but they've just dug underneath it and, and eaten them. Yes, nice little rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> so what um, what is the next action then? If we're struggling to grow any veg, do we just dig them up, start again? Or is it the wrong time of year? What's next? Well, I have actually got some potatoes in there. You wouldn't believe it, but there are potatoes. Where all the poppies are, there are potatoes underneath. All the tops have died back and gone because lack of water as well. Mm. But I did dig some up and some of the potatoes are really nice. Really That's nice good. size. And I took some home to try them and they were really nice. Nice That's potato nice. salad. Might do that today. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's still very warm, isn't it? Yeah. So the, the onions are just about finished now. They're, they're going over, what they call go over, when they bend over. Um, so they'll be getting pulled a few at a time because we sold them. Mm. Um, it's, uh, I've got plenty of marrows in there at the moment. But I've seen those, they're doing well. Yeah, very well. have got some yellow ones this year, 
which I think people have been waiting for them to turn green and they won't because they are yellow ones. <laughs> so I've just picked one today and put it out. Do they taste different? I've never no, had a yellow no, one. not really. No. I like making um, lasagna out of them instead of pasta. I cut them thin. And, Very cool. Yeah, make lasagna pasta instead of pasta, I should say. Mm. Nice, tasty. And spaghetti squash, of course. I don't know whether you've ever had one. No. No. Dead easy. Cut it in half, take the seeds out, down on a baking tray, bit of oil. Just bake it for about 35 minutes. And when it's cool enough to handle, you get a fork and you, you fork it out and it looks like spaghetti. That's why it's called Ooh. spaghetti squash. It's very tasty. Go. It doesn't grow like spaghetti then. No, not I've just trees. got like Mr. Tickle in my <laughs> yeah. ear or something. <laughs> yeah, spaghetti on trees. <laughs> that would be so weird Um, top tips then top tips um, water, plenty of water if you've got not a lot of water nose pipe, save your washing up water throw it on your veg, whatever Um, even if it's got dish dish soap and stuff in it it just gets rid of bugs oh yeah okay Yeah, that's what they used to do, spray it with soapy water my dad used to do that, I've got his old sprayer Um, but we'd this year at home we haven't had a lot of bugs very strange mm. but we've had plenty of rabbits here yes. <laughs> yeah rabbit stew <laughs> that's your other top tip yeah rabbit stew rabbit stefado that's nice mm. yeah. yeah yeah considering i'm a vegetarian <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's one of them things rabbits yes yeah and for those that tend to kill everything they touch, which is me included, what's the easiest thing to grow? Courgettes. Okay. They, um, the seeds are big to handle. These are great for children. The seeds are big to handle. They come through fairly quickly, readily. Um, once they get big enough and you can plant them out, they just grow and grow and grow, and the fruits are big enough for children to handle. The only thing is it can be a bit spiky. Um, so you get kids to put gloves on so that they don't spike themselves like I did earlier. I love how you've angled that for children, not the adults who can't, <laughs> can't <laughs> Well, you get asked a lot when you're out at garden. You get asked, you know, what's the best thing for children? Mm. And I always say things like courgettes because the seeds are big. Yeah. Beetroot, if they only want to grow half a dozen beetroot in a container, they're easy to grow and the seeds are big enough for children to handle. Um, anything like that really spinach that's a good one mm. cut and come again spinach that's um, that's really good to grow I mean there are some things that's a bit more difficult especially when you've got rabbits in there <laughs> but you know I mean even the rabbits this year have eaten me they ate me onions they ate the tops of the onions which I've never known them before they ate um, all my leeks just about all my leeks are gone yes so I've got to hungry. About rabbits. No, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't hurt them. I've got two pet rabbits of no, my own. Scare them <laughs> yeah, away. Scare them away, yeah, yeah, with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> like casual household item. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'll find one somewhere. Yeah, um, volunteering at Eden Camp, why, um, why would someone want to sign up now? Tell us why it's good. It's brilliant. Oh, good. It is, it's brilliant. Glad people that, that work here are absolutely fantastic. You're always made welcome. Um, there's no them and us, you know, sort of 
workers and volunteers, everybody mixing together. I mean, I have been on car park duty before today, mm-hmm. um, done other things, you know, going around cleaning up, uh, picking rubbish up. There's no discrimination at all against the people that work here and the volunteers, everybody just mucks in. Um, and I'm out in open as well. Nice sunny days, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I wasn't here Monday, Tuesday. Yes. Mm-hmm. We were melted in the, uh, yes. in the garden doing yes. that. Yeah. No. no. I'm not that daft. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that, you know, you can come and go when you want, really. I mean, some days, last year, some some weeks, I was here two or three times a day, a week. But this year, I just haven't had the time. Mm. I've been working. Um, normally come on a weekend. But I mean, I've been coming on a Wednesday. Yeah. Um, but today it's Thursday. Yeah. I'm lost with my days. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have that flexibility then, isn't yeah. it? Just to come and go and yeah. And know you're doing something to yeah. help as well. Well, you you'll be sick of me next year because Never. I retire. I retire end of this year. So. Are you excited? Mm, yeah. Mm. No. No. Oh. Not really. No, because I like working. Um. And this is why I took this on, because I knew that if my job finished, I would be bored, mm, absolutely bored. I need something to do. And, and socialising as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, and I couldn't be sat at home all day like some people. No chance, no. I would so recommend then? Yeah, I would recommend it to anybody to, to get out there, volunteer. If it's not here, somewhere else, mm. you know, to animal sanctuary or anything like that. Yeah. It, it, everybody needs volunteers at the moment that is one of the the biggest things volunteering yeah and definitely. there's not enough hours in the day for some of these places that you know they they're just struggling yeah so yeah i know we we can yeah. survive without the volunteers yeah i sure. love it out here yeah good and of course my phone's not with me and no one can get in contact with me <laughs> which is good it's your escape yeah <laughs> i'm trying to sign my husband up as well to volunteer because he retires next next month he's mm. retiring um, yeah, should, bring him down. He should have retired six years ago, but he's continued working. And, but he's decided now he's had enough. Mm. And I think I might just actually persuade him to come out and yeah. help me in the garden. Why not? Yeah, he can bash the rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. Oh, you're welcome. Um, and we shall see you in the garden. Um, if any listeners are visiting soon, pop down and say hello to Lee and if you've got any vegetable questions I'm sure she'll be happy to help yeah but just don't ask me about rabbits no, no we don't we don't, don't like rabbits. rabbits so now we have Brian who is joining us as another volunteer he works in the heritage restorations um, area of the museum um, if you haven't already please give heritage restorations a follow on Facebook it's um, facebook.com slash Eden Camp Heritage Restorations, also known as ECHR. Um, and you can follow all the progress on all of the vehicles that they are restoring um, from scratch, really. Uh, so welcome, Brian. Thank you for joining us. Welcome. Um, so you just want to have a little bit of background about you. Why did you come to volunteer at Eden Camp? Initially, I was asked as a... I run an engineering business and I was asked to provide a prop shaft for the tank because it had been cut. Um, this is the in, Sherman tank. It's the Sherman tank, yeah. yeah. The prop shaft had been cut as part of its decommissioning it for, and so they asked me if I could make a new one to uh, 
make it though so that it was possible to drive it so that's how i got involved and then uh howard wanted me as a volunteer and unfortunately i told him i had two mortgages to pay so <laughs> that didn't happen so i'm paid by the camp to do as a subcontractor basically but you still enjoy it as much as a volunteer um, it's quite an honor to work on something like a sherman tank i've you know we speak english um why we speak and we don't speak german it's just it's a sherman tank it helped out in lots of ways to uh to keep our liberty as it is mm. so quite a honor to work on something that's got such a history and uh a story it's behind it a massive story yeah. and it's different to modern day equipment as well some of the stuff isn't made i'm anymore, more familiar it? with tractors right if i was to go home and uh, as a kid i was brought up with tractors and repairing and doing all sorts of issues with so um, i made a tractor in 2004 cool which is something that's probably my biggest advert <laughs> and a lot of people come and ask for various things to be made stroke can you make on the back of that and i think that's part of the reason why i'm down at eating camp mm. do you know what you're doing people really? yeah people just come to you and say can you do that can you do this and it's quite surprising what we do actually get up to in yeah. various and you have recently just completed the sherman the sherman is just them. about there there's one or two little bits with it and we've got an oil leak of some kind which is marginal but it's there and so if we can manage it get rid of it um so that's the job probably next week i think with a bit of luck and how long have you been working on it it's about <laughs> um well it, it was just pre-covid mm. um that we started i think it was january um and we decided we would have it running for march for the uh ve day Yes. And we got it so as we could drive it, but it was a bit sort of unorthodox is probably the right word. Kangaroo, wasn't it? But, well, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> revving it with a 24mm spanner and various other things, it's not recommended in health and safety, probably not too keen on that, but anyway. Yeah, hopefully there's none listening. Well, <laughs> we had to run it and that's what we did. <laughs> um, it was a goal and we got there and then we took probably about 12 months off. Mm. with the circumstances being what they were yeah we took 12 months off and then obviously once the gate income starts coming back in again we said let's continue it um and then tank fest took a yeah a little bit of a lead in it they said How they would like that? it to uh take it down to tank fest which gave us six weeks to get it sort of and so frank said there's no way we can ever get it i said there is we can do it it can be done and so and it's the other thing it's too good to miss yeah far too good to miss and so uh, we went how was it it was an interesting yeah <laughs> thankfully i was praying that i didn't fancy riding this thing around in front of i don't know how many people um and finishing up disappearing into a heap of cloud of steam or something yeah. that you know she did everything she wanted to do and came home without any hiccups at all yeah, by all accounts online, she was the star of the show, actually. Uh, it sounds so. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting that people wonder why it's blue. Yeah. And I think that sets it out a little bit in front of perhaps others. And why is it blue? Um, it was last in service with the South Lebanese army, I believe. Mm. And so uh, they said they were going to paint it blue. And I said, well, 
it doesn't matter to me what colour they're <laughs> in it gets a coat of paint. And that's basically why it got blue. It's a, I would say, um, it's its last service. Yeah. When it was in service, it was blue. And so we have a reason to make it and keep it blue and keep it a little bit distinctive. Mm. Now it's flying the Lebanese flag at tank fest. It as is, well, yeah. Lovely. Um, and at the moment, what are you working on? At the moment, I'm working on a vacuum pump. Okay. That is for the off the spare engine that we've got. We have an issue with the engine that we think will likely come back to haunt us. It has the block that's somebody's forgot to put antifreeze in it, basically. Oh, and if won't the, name for any five names. gallons of twenty-five liters of uh, antifreeze, it would have saved us a fortune but things happen and that's how it is mm. and so we've had to repair this engine we've put a patch on top of a patch yes, and it's now watertight it might last three years <laughs> might last three minutes it just yeah let's be optimistic well yeah i mean it's been to tank fest it's had a ride round. it's had a yeah. good test and it's passed with all colors so i'm happy with that good um but we've now got a spare engine should we need it um Howard has asked me if I can get it running because it's from Holland mm. and uh, we would like to evaluate it before and so before uh, installing it yeah and so yesterday I tried the uh, turn the crankshaft over so it's all free mm -hmm. rather than look into it and start taking it to bits because you can't get gaskets for it and this sort of thing anymore and so we said well look, don't take it to bits but see if we can get it and then there's a starter motor coming, I believe, tomorrow. And oh. then we're going to have a go at seeing if we can bench test it, for want of a better <laughs> word. Make so, a bit of noise. <clears throat> and what is the vacuum pump? The vacuum pump um, operates the... Um, it's called an hydrovac, is its true okay. word. Um, <laughs> a little bit like a... What's the modern word for it? Um, it's assisting the clutch. So okay. when you press the clutch, it makes the clutch lighter to press than it would be if it wasn't there. And the vacuum pump generates a vacuum which operates a hydro... Yeah. <laughs> vacuum, basically. And I fully understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm sort of, yeah. It's, um, there is a, a word for it, of, I can't think of it, but hey. It's a little bit like... Um, like the driver's assistant thing making steering easier it's, it's, it's a similar sort of thing to power steering in a, in, a, in steering terms um, it's helping the, the driver when we first started off with the Sherman you can calculate the weight the springs are giving you in the clutch and we had to find 400 and some kilos right. well you can't physically do it with your foot if you only weigh 100 kilos, you've got yeah. a bit of a problem. Yeah. And so basically, down. this thing helps you achieve the other 300 kilos, let's say. Why don't they just design the clutch to need less weight? Then it would slip. So if you okay. were trying to uh, go up a gradient or go in a higher gear, the clutch would slip, get rather hot, and then it's a potential fire risk, really. Okay. So the cooler you can keep your, your clutch, obviously friction is the form of transmission mm. and if you can keep it cool it's better for the clutch and, <laughs> and, other, the issues. <laughs> and other issues yeah we don't want to fire in there <clears throat> are there any other vehicles that you're working on or have worked on will work on the uh, there is talk of us going on to the uh, 
Churchill crocodile. Okay. That's sort of looming. It's a mammoth job. The, ta the Sherman tank, one of its biggest benefits, and Frank hasn't quite got this, he says, why is the crocodile going to be any harder than the Sherman? And I said, the crocodile has been stood out the front of the gate in all kinds of weather mm. for the last, I don't know how many years. It was made at around the same time, but the Sherman serviced its life in France and Israel and Lebanon, which is a lot drier and a lot warmer and all the rest of it. Moisture's got its teeth into the, into the crocodile. crocodile. So it will be a test, definitely. Yeah, but doable. Well, yeah, good, good question. <laughs> good question. But for the it, challenge, it's, anyway. it's a hard, hard work, yeah. Mm. Well, you saw us trying to move it, didn't you? Yeah. That mm. was, she did not want that to go. Was she was happy where she was. <laughs> she did not want to move. Frank had said, Bring the forklift truck. She'll move it. I said, No chance. Absolutely no. Bring the forklift truck. It'll move it. Let's see what it The forklift truck on gravel. Yeah. Lifts 12 oh, tonne. The tank weighs 40 or whatever it weighs. It just, no. The only thing that would move it was the Sherman. Mm. That's a good job you got that back in then. <laughs> good. The only thing on this side at the minute that was capable of moving the uh, yeah. So we use the Sherman. <clears throat> so would you recommend working here, volunteering here? And Definitely. Here? Yeah, to anybody. It, it's a, it's um. It's an interesting thing to do. From my point of view, I've done tractors. I've done this and the other. Um, to have something that's World War Two, mm. um, obviously brought over on the land lease or whatever um, it was, for us to work on it to get it back to its working capability, yeah. um, it, it's well, I think it's the most really, and for yeah. anybody that wants to volunteer, um, it is an interesting job to do. That's something you can't find anywhere else, really, isn't it? I think it, even... there isn't many of them. No, I think it's one of three apparently in the world. Yeah, yeah, that's working. So um, yeah, it, it's sort of I don't know how many thousand are made at the time, but to consider there's only a number, a limited number of yeah. Shermans. There are different types of Shermans, but uh, there's a limited number of them. There, uh, there aren't that many of them working. Yeah, it's quite a rarity. And a credit to the people that are keeping them working. Yeah. For the next, you know, well three, yeah, for other <laughs> generations. In my opinion, anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> I know she's a massive hit with the, with the children that visit and they get to climb in and go down through the escape hatch. And it's interesting yeah. when you have any vehicle mm. that's unusual. Start it up, and it's like people coming out of the woodwork. Mm. It draws people in. Yeah. You soon have a couple hundred people stood watching. Just start it up. That's all you need to do. Um, yeah, it's and the then, smoke plume and the, well, the sound. Well, I mean, from it? an environmental point of view, it's probably not the best thing, but it's what it is and it's history and it has a place. Yeah. And so uh, we don't drive it to Scotland and back every day or anything. No. It uh, gets started for about two minutes. I'd be quite impressed if you could drive it to Scotland and back, actually. I'd be impressed. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like my when we first got going with this. I asked that it was a request was one of my requests. Once well, I've got it going, I wanted to drive it. Yeah, and I said I want to drive it from here to Pickering, around the roundabout, and back again. And if I made it back, I would be suitably happy mm. that it was okay to go further afield. 
unfortunately the law won't let us do that <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of that <laughs> but did she do the equivalent in distance at Tankfest um, probably not quite no but it was a good test mm. and, and I mean for two things A representing yourself at Tankfest yeah. is a big plus the other thing is where else are we going to test it you can drive it around the car park as many times as you like yeah but that was a proper test you know yeah so um, it was hill terrain and everything absolutely wasn't it? Yeah. yeah yeah so mm. from a test point of view I think it was a big plus as well well I definitely look forward to seeing the crocodile working again. <laughs> You'll have to wait a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it, anyone um, fancies going to join you, they can. Anyway, anybody that wants to come help, by all <laughs> means, bring some big spanners because, uh, yeah, it, it's. Um, oh, you've got that, that spanner that we have with the Sherman, though. That was given. That's massive. That was given. We bent it. We looked oh. at its bend. Nice bend. Oh. It's of no use to us now. How, it's bent. how big is that one? 76 millimeters, I think. Three inch. It's very big. Unfortunately, we bent it. <laughs> so, bad boys, basically. You're not supposed to tighten the spanners up with a forklift truck. I don't you? even know how you do. <laughs> well, you've got to take the track. We're trying to tighten the tracks up. Now, they reckon two people mm. lifting the spanner tightens it sufficient. Right. Two people with a spanner at six foot long couldn't even get the sag out of the track. So how they claim to do that, I have no idea. But anyway, we've put the forklift truck under the spanner and we've lifted it to get it tight. And it's not, it doesn't have to be absolutely tight, mm -hmm. but it has to be tight enough not to jump the sprocket. When you drive it around the car park, you can hear it clicking. That's and when it's clicking, that means it's trying to climb out <laughs> of its sprocket. So it's not good for it. So you tiny it up to stop it doing that, basically. <clears throat> well, that sounds very interesting. So if anyone does want to come and join in um, and volunteer, you can have a go at um, using a spanner on a tank, or we probably don't recommend using a forklift, but there you go. Um, so if you really want to volunteer um, and find out more about the restorations, head to our website. There is a restorations page. There is also the Facebook, as we've already mentioned. So find out more and um, get in touch. So thank you very much to Brian for joining us. Um, and we shall speak to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Hello and welcome back to the Eden Camp podcast. Today we are here with some special people who have come all the way from... Where have you come from? I've come from North Allerton. And where have you come from? I've come from Leeds. And who do we have here today with me? I'm Gareth Willett and Shrawry. Oh, I know. I'm Carl Mason. Perfect. So we've got Carl and Gareth. So, first question that I'm going to ask you is why did you become a volunteer? Why did I become a volunteer? Very good question. Now... I decided to become a volunteer after I tried to sign up for the Army Reserves and they turned around and said, because I have a slight gluten intolerance, I cannot become a soldier. So I thought, how could I spend my days with a military interest on my days off and work? So I saw Reading Camp, saw they were recruiting, emailed across and Bob's your uncle four years later, I'm a volunteer. Four years. The long, long four years, isn't it? Yeah, for you, yes. I've been here four years too, so... Um, <laughs> yeah, and that, apparently you're interested in volunteering with Eden Camp? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I tried to join the military myself, but medical reasons kept me out as well. Mm. And I fill the gap by teaching everyone who will listen anything I can tell them about uh, <laughs> the, the ins and outs of military history and such. And 
what better place to do it than Eden Camp? Fantastic. So why was it Eden Camp that you you picked for volunteering at Gareth? Why Eden Camp? Um, well, Eden Camp was somewhere I've been with school trips when I was a young man, back in those distant past. Um, fell in love with the place then, came twice, and it's always held an affection. I love World War Two, and everything just kind of fitted. That's fa- that's fab. I mean, I've, you've been here as long as I've been here, um, working at Eden Camp in general. Um, and why why are you looking to volunteer with Eden Camp then? More or less the same, yes. Yeah. School trips come yeah. here quite often. What with the hobby and all that, uh, the, the the huts have always just been phenomenal. You, you go in there and you're entering a little world. Yeah, uh, the, the submarine one has always been a particular favourite of mine. <laughs> It's usually the one that you get when the kids are running around and then screaming when they come out the other end because it's like a traumatic experience, but it's great. Mm. So I'm going to ask you something now, which I've always been interested in myself, is why did you both become reenactors? Um, I just love the living history side of it. The One of the the things I do love telling, teaching people and everything is uh, with BD uniforms, how itchy they are. Mm. And it's just all the little bits like that, like... People see big war movies, whether it be Dam Busters or Bridge Too Far, and they don't get a true picture of what it was like. The, yeah, the soldiers wearing itchy uniforms, having yeah. to shave in the field, eating out there and everything that had to go with it. And being a, a physical mannequin that's walking around and telling people stuff, you can engage with people a lot better. So sometimes people don't want to read a, a big book, but if um, I get down into the grass with the kids and show them how a brain gun works or where the toilet roll's hidden in my backpack. <laughs> they, uh, they love it. They, they just get engaged and getting them all smiling, getting all the adults even smiling and everyone yeah. just having a good time. Um, that's what really drew it to me. So you guys are part of East Yorks, aren't you? Yes, yeah. so we're part of the East Yorkshire Regiment Living History Group and we portray the East Yorkshire Regiment from early war to late war. Fantastic. So how long have you both been doing this for then? Um, I've been doing it about four years, but two of them were unfortunately during the pandemic, so yeah. events had to, to drop off and all that. I've been personally collecting a lot longer, but mm. joining the East York Living History Group gave me an actual direction and made me focus where my collection was going, yeah. so instead yeah. of a bit yeah. of a parrot, a bit of this, a bit yeah. of that. I think as well, you know, my my focus for collection, especially military collection, is First World War um, artifacts. And I obviously have a bit of a, a thing for local history, so mm. Scarborough bombardment, mm-hmm. um, anything related to that, I yeah. I thoroughly enjoy collecting. So I can kind of see when it does, it's such a broad um, bit of history in such a short space of time, so many different regiments, so many different things, you know, trying to collect everything into one, I guess it mm. it's quite hard. But if you've got a sense of direction, then yeah. then you know, don't you? Oh, yeah, definitely. The great thing about being part of Eden Camp and now being part of the East Yorks, there's always somebody out there to help you. Yeah. Mm. So when I first came to Eden Camp, I'd never done reenacting. No. And then I kind of caught the bug of watching other people one, yeah. one year, and I thought, okay, I might have to have try that. So I got a uniform, it wasn't quite right. <laughs> so what I did, I contacted the East Yorks about being recruited, and they said, come on down to the biggest show and see, see what it's about. Went down, hit it up for everybody, and they said, right, this is what you need to get, that's slightly wrong, you need to change wow. this. And it wasn't in a really nasty side, it was more of a, mm. this is how you do it, come on lad, we'll get you up to standard. And to be yeah. fair, they're a fantastic group of people. Really? From the top down. They really are. They, they really, really are. are. Full of support for each other. <clears throat> yeah. And they've all got the same interest, keeping the memory alive of the East Yorks. 
Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting in general that it... You know, I, I'm from East Yorkshire myself. Jen, I was born in East Yorkshire. I was born in Bridlington. And it's nice to see that people still want to keep those things alive mm-hmm. and the memories of that. Um, you know, again, it, it's that sense of what, why, why East York? Why Was there a specific interest in East Yorks? I guess um, with the... The East York specifically, it was more of a, the, the personal thing because uh, one of the things I do love about the living history is you can keep the memories of soldiers mm-hmm. who were around at that time period mm-hmm. of life. We have a collection of uh, actually East Yorkshire Regiment members right. from World War II's diaries wow. uh, and audio recordings and the, the group have them as a, an access so we can read them and you can get to know more. And some of the, some of the stories and some of the stuff in there and you get to realise that these were just average lads yeah. who yeah. may have never have left Yorkshire, let alone the country, yeah. up until that point. And then were thrown into the deep end in France. And you read the stories and it brings it right down to a, hu- a human level. Yeah. And we just wanted to keep that alive. And that's what I found truly fascinating. So those names on the memorials, they were all just lads. They were working down the pit, down in the yeah. fields, that's wherever. That's bizarre, isn't it? You know, you get that personal connection with a, with a person as well, don't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, there, is there a type favourite type of artefact that you that you enjoy most? Oh, um, it's just a tough one. I, yeah. I, so many on, mention. On, on my day off, I do occasionally just sit down with my small pack and yeah. just lay the whole kit out on the floor and uh, put the razor together, get the candle out and yeah. look at the little bits of bats I've got in there, the, the wallet. A, one of the group members, uh, the group leader, Dave Hebden, he actually gave me a, a train ticket stub for oh, one of wow. the first uh, events we went to. And yeah. it was during the pandemic. We, we had a weekend. It was thrown together yeah. quite quickly. Come along. Here's a kit bag. Here's this. Here's all the stuff <laughs> you need. And he gave out all these uh, little ticket stubs and I've still got mine in my wallet and it means the world to me yeah um, and it's literally it was just a piece of photocopied paper but you the soldiers would have gone on to station things and they would have been stood around looking for the person in yeah. charge with this ticket stub to see exactly where they were going that's bizarre isn't it and it connects you to that bit of history yeah. every little thing that we have every little piece of kit that we get every little thing has got a story it doesn't matter mm. if it's just like Carl said a ticket stub it doesn't matter mm. if it's a wallet or Anything that we buy to bring in, everything's got a story. It might not be a trace yeah. of story, but it's yeah. got history there. And you think, this is from World War Two. Yeah. So we treat everything with respect. We don't throw anything about. It's very much like our archive then. Yeah, very much <laughs> so. I mean, you, get, you guys have just been in with me, haven't you? Oh, yeah. I, I could happily spend a, a couple of hours in there. Yeah, do you know what? Going in movies. there every day, you just there's something, there's so many things. I mean, we've got over 90,000 things in there now. Um, you know, 90,000. Yeah. I mean... As a volunteer here, as you know, I've I've been given things by my customers as a postman, yeah. and people I say, can you give this to the camp if they can make use of it? Let them, please let them have it, and I pass them on, and you receive, you take them, and you use them, and it's great. Yeah. I think it, do you know what it all ties in, especially like you guys as well doing the East Yorks thing, and then coming here as well. It's that connection with that mm-hmm. as well. You know, obviously we have the living history weekends, we have mm. the reenactment, we have people doing like displays and. It just general living history and it's quite nice to see so many people from the UK come to one area yeah um, and I mean last I'm year was, yeah <laughs> yeah I mean it, it's amazing to see people coming together as one yeah. essentially and celebrating you know and remembering what those poor people went through during the Second World War that's the thing it's a celebration it's not it's not glorifying no it's a celebration and, and it's to remember what everybody went through yeah mm. 
there, there is a, a certain level of um, nastiness to the war, but there's also the human magnificence at the same time. Yeah. You know, people are at their best when they're most stressed. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're also at the worst, sadly. But yeah. we we don't revel in the worst. We revel in the the fun, you know, giving chocolate to people. And, yeah, but this <laughs> and, is the thing, and, isn't it? And showing them what goes in the the twenty four hour ration pack. You know, all, yeah. all this horrible food and some sweets to wash down the horrible food. Yeah, <laughs> we did an event in York and. We were having a we have a company tent a tea tent and we we make a meal up and somebody came over and said oh can I try that is that World War Two I was like you want to try my lunch <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah are you, are you gluten intolerant um, yeah yeah, uh, yeah yeah any lactose any allergies but, but it, yeah, it just won't be pash people want to try yeah they are interested uh, our com- one of our corporals says people want to see us doing the normal things they want to see us you living your life eating and drinking you, yeah. you will have more pictures taken of you sat there with a mess tin than you will with a rice. which is quite interesting really and that sparks an interest for me as well because obviously seeing like yourself Gareth when you are down site and you're in your element dressed up with the rifle Mm -hmm. and the the kids are you know at the end of the day coming straight up to you and going oh my gosh what's that yeah yeah you know and you're explaining it you are (laughs) in your element you you get such a crowd around you and to think that that's majority of the time that's your photos what you get isn't it yeah, yeah the um i have noticed uh, with with the kids like i say they're they're either interested in hand grenades or toilet roll paper <laughs> <laughs> there's no middle ground one or the other no that's fantastic but uh, then getting over the other kit out it's like the ration kits when you can show them and see them yeah. like, oh what's that and well that's a biscuit and you have to explain to them there's no such thing as gluten-free dairy-free yeah. so all those people that were you, yeah. you would have had vegan. to suffer there was yeah, no such thing to put up with it it's but they don't a bit like of a gippy belly <laughs> yeah. but yeah. they like they do like they enjoy they enjoy seeing it I mean it, it's it, like I said it's fantastic to see the crowds that you can get with people especially younger yeah. kids mm-hmm. and again it's, it's that you should be able to portray what happened mm-hmm. and show yeah. Well, like uh, one of our favourite tricks at the moment is to have a set of uh, the webbing all set up and weighted. Oh, right. yeah. um, I like to make the wise crack with the parents that it definitely doesn't have a house brick in, but trade secret, it's got two in. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll go to the kids, here you go, have some webbing, have, have the small pack. Do you reckon you could carry that for eight hours? And as soon as they go, oh yeah, we'll go, here's the rifle then, or here's the oh, brain yeah. gun. How <laughs> about on top and then? Yeah, how about on top and keep them oh, upright? Oh gosh, I'd, I'd end up falling over. I wouldn't, I'd, wouldn't, I'd definitely hurt myself. <laughs> I mean, this is a good thing. As a group, and when we do live in history, come on in, have a look, have a feel, have yeah. a touch. You know, we're not yeah. shy. It was one of the awkward things of the last two years, obviously with the mm. global pandemic of not mm. actually allowing members to come and touch the kit and show them how stuff works because yeah. yeah. having a bit more hands-on um, allows them to get more of an appreciation because yeah. um, obviously everyone will have played a computer game and everyone's seen a war movie but you know here's the actually actual having weight of something that. Yeah. in your hand I mean it's mm. just completely changed yeah. your perspective of things mm-hmm. isn't it mm-hmm. and again going back to what Carl said earlier about feeling uniform touching how yeah. itchy mm-hmm. it is I mean they are pretty itchy I couldn't wear one you get used to it you pretty can. quickly really crazy crew shave them on the inside <laughs> oh well that's something new I've learned um, so why on a completely different note why should people volunteer at Eden Camp well basically wow. just to it's, it's a good it'll be a good place to actually just be there's yeah. all the exhibits and all that and you get to meet all the members of the public and yeah. they want to be here and they're, they're all yeah. happy and smiling that becomes really infectious really quickly yeah and you get the opportunities yeah. to uh, with this hobby uh, so far I've uh, been in the archives I've, yeah. I've just had a quick nosy at 9,000 plus items yeah. that are 80 plus years old and then some yeah. um, 
and it's just that weighted history and just the fun you can have. The camp's what eighty years old now. Yeah, it's uh, turned eighty this year. Yeah, and we did the uh, we matched the Germans in. Yeah, yes. And <clears throat> think about it. Every little thing we do here just adds to that history. Again, going back to the history. Mm. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's what I enjoy. Part of me has helped do all sorts in this mm. in this camp. I've helped restore vehicles. I've helped restore huts. You know, I've marched Germans in. Yeah. <laughs> and aside from that, the staff. Yeah. The staff also make the camp. They've they've always made us feel welcome. No matter if you're here as an employee or as a volunteer. You're all family. You're all family. Mm-hmm. It sounds daft, yeah. but you're all family. All family. But there'll be the mutual love of what's going on. Yeah. Uh, keep, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, first of all, it's a museum. For second of all, it's a very specific museum, a fascinating one yeah. in itself. I'm, I think it's the only one I know of well, where it's a POW yeah. camp yeah. that's been retrofitted. So, you know, it, it's wholly unique in that sense and you get to be a part of it I think it is one of those things you know that you will take away even if you you know for example you you go away for a few days you take the experience that you've had that day mm-hmm. of all the different members of public that you've met yeah. you kind of think have I made an impact but you've actually made the biggest impact because that child that you you know handed a rifle to mm. to show to understand how it would have worked the weight of it etc that's made that child's day and I mm. think that's what makes it really special. I did have some feedback on there was a young lady came in with an autistic son. Yeah. And apparently he always wants to come back to see Mr. Soldier. Oh. <laughs> and that was me. Um he apparently fell in love with me and everything I helped him all day oh. long. And, you know, so it's it's that's it's that's a really good reward. Mm. Yeah, it's I think it's just an yeah. rewarding experience itself, isn't it? I've met many a veteran and Obviously, a lot of them are getting on now. Um, mm. But when you pass them a piece of equipment again, and to see the, the recognition, mm-hmm. yeah. and their the whole demeanour just changes, and to yeah, see the family completely. around them, they they all change, and completely. you know, it it's perfectly memorable. You know, it's it's beyond. It's it's really hard to describe. Literally, the, the, the an event quite recently, uh, mm. I passed my rifle to an old man in a wheelchair, and he we went from being a bit confused of where he was to alive again Burn, yeah. and um, his family were ecstatic they, they took pictures and oh. sent them <laughs> sent them to the other family members oh that's so sweet but um, it sticks with you yeah, yeah definitely it's, again, yeah, it's that customer interaction focus yeah, yeah making memories 100% mm. well I thank you both very much for coming to see me today and having, having a bit of a chat yeah. um, so if you would like to volunteer with Eden Camp if you just head over to our website um, if you email us or give us a call uh, we will be able to direct you from there thank you very much guys thank you thank you